All right, everybody, welcome to the Lockdown Avalanche podcast. Let us continue our walk through the unrestricted free agents. We've done centers. We've done right wings. Today, let's do the left wingers. And while we're at it, we'll give Brad Hunt his season grade. New episode of Lockdown Avalanche coming at you. Your Lockdown Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Locked On Avalanche. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for tuning in, making it your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. Make sure to follow us on our social media outlets, LOP and underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, and opinions, Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Get notified when a new show goes live. All right, sir. Uh, later on, we will be discussing the conference finals. We'll, we'll get in, not like dive deep into the conference finals where they sit, mainly overtime. I love that this gets brought up whenever there's a, a game that goes as long as that game one between Carolina and Florida goes. We always have to bring the question back in. Should the NHL do something about the overtime? We'll talk about that. And like I said, we'll give Brad Hunt his season grade. Uh, but where we are going to start is kind of how we've been doing the last couple shows. We're kind of making our way through the unrestricted free agents in the NHL. We're going by position. We did the centers. Uh, we did the right wings. Today we're doing the left wings. And I have to say, man, I, I think this is the most – uh, I guess robust group yeah. of players available than the other two so far. Centers was thin, right wing is kind of thin, left wing is looking okay. You might be able to do some some good uh, free agency picking here. Yeah, I was just about to say the left wings, especially if you watch like the everydayers that you know listen to the episodes every day these are names you know these are not like the poster names but these are consistent names and when you're going like on this list everyone what is love nemestikov former av now bad boy like he's available there that's deep in the list and yeah. you're not going to be making a lot of damage on center free agents right wing you take it or leave it but with the flexibility on the left wing position, the guys that kind of play left wing but can also help out on the right, there's a lot of big names that the Avalanche might want to kick the tires on. Yeah. Um, well, let's start with with who's under contract for the Avalanche at the left wing position, um, at least what they are, are listed as left wing. And and you have uh, Valanciuskin's listed as right or left wing. So he's one of them, but we don't know what's going on with him. Uh yeah, Arturi Lekkinen, who's listed as both. Um, and he's just fine. Mm -hmm. You have uh, Logan O'Connor. And let's see, Dennis Mulgan, who's a restricted free agent. You have Alex Newhooks listed as a left wing. He's obviously a restricted free agent. Um, and then everybody else is unrestricted free agents who is our left wingers. So the only ones you have under contract um, that are not restricted or unrestricted are Valnachuskin, Arturi Lekkinen, Logan O'Connor. That's it. 
So once again, uh, this is nothing new if you've been listening. Like Kyle said, like our everydayers, like you you know the Avalanche. This is going to be a different looking team. Um, so you know you're, you're going you're going to probably be making some trades. You're going to be signing free agents. Um, and the wing is a is a interesting position because some guys are set at that. If they're listed as a right winger, they are a right winger. But you know you can maneuver. Same thing with like defensive pairings. Yeah. Guys are left defense, right defense. A lot the way the game is played now, it's just wherever they find themselves, that's where they're going to play. It's a little bit different for forwards, right? Yeah. If, if you're listed as left or right at puck drop, that's usually where you're going to play. But guys can maneuver in and out. Um, so it, we're just like I said, we're just going with what they are are listed as in terms of unrestricted. So let's take a look at some guys that are available and again kind of the way we've been doing this just listing guys right now last year uh the guys who made five million dollars or more and again if you've listened to the last sh- couple shows centers it was a short list right wings it was a short list a little bit longer list here for the left wings so you have uh evgeny dadanoff who makes exactly five Jonathan Druin, 5.5, same as uh, Jason Zucker, 5.5. Timo Meyer makes six. Uh, Milan Lucic makes six. Uh, Zach Parisi, 6.371. Max Pacioretty and James Van Riemsdyk both make seven. And then you guys have you have other guys that are close to that too. If you go one more. You have Tyler Bertuzzi, who was 4.75, and Tomas Tatar was 4.5. So just based on numbers, as far as, uh, you know, what they made last year, you have some more like some more meat on the bone to use the phrase. And there are two names that are sitting on the unrestricted free agents for next year, according to Cap Friendly, that just scream Colorado Avalanche to me. And one depends on how the rest of their season is going. Mm-hmm. And one is their season was done two weeks into the year. Okay. <laughs> Andreas Anthonisiu for Chicago. Okay. Yeah. I I mean, yes, you're in Chicago, but I love his play. 40 points last year. Sure. Uh, the Colorado effect will affect Anthonisiu. I think that would be an incredible pickup for Colorado, and I would love to see that happen. Barbashev for Vegas. See, I have Barbashev or because uh, I brought up Barbashev for the right wing, and that's that's where we get into like yeah. semantics here. Right wing is left wing. Um, I remember bringing up Barbashev for the right wingers, um, but I'm all for him, and he's got center experience as well. Mm-hmm. So, if you're going to be, you know, your quote unquote like old school hockey guy. I could play the forward position. Put me in coach. I'm ready to play. Clap, clap, clap. Um, like that's that's what you want for this Avalanche team. Like you know what your top line is going to look like. Depending on who's coming back on that second line, that's what you want. Hey, Matt Nieto and Cagliano are going to be on this list as well. So yeah. you could go back out and pick those guys up. But to me. The most avalanche move they could possibly make is pick up Anthony Ciu, and he could be Lekin in part two. How old is he? 27, 28. Anthony Ciu is? Let's see. I 28. Okay. 
Yeah, so he is a unrestricted death. Yeah, that that could be uh, an interesting one. I think. I, so I wonder if he's really going to go anywhere, though. I, I wonder what the number one uh, overall pick effect there will be for for Chicago and guys, you know, who may have like jumped ship uh, before they got that number one pick maybe hang around and, and he might be one of those guys that say, like, Hey, I, I know it's still maybe a couple years away, but they have a ton of money. They can offer him a lot. Obviously with, with the unrestricted tag, they can offer him the extra year uh, if they want to go that route. So I, I think for, for that might be tough to pull him away from there, even though he's unrestricted because the Black Hawks have the money and that number one pick would say like, hey, he's coming and we get a couple of years and, and we'll be OK. Or I mean, I'm not saying like, you know, the avalanche is not uh, appealing to players. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we'll I don't know. I, I, that, I would love to have him, but it's going to be an interesting offseason for him. Well, you run the risk of you're playing on a team with the number one like organized like organization changing player in Connor Bedard. Mm-hmm. as he's being billed do you want to be part of the background singers for that like like mm-hmm. imagine being a member of the ducks right now and everybody talks about zegris this zegris that there's a whole team of ducks that nobody talks about it's always the flashy new guy it's always going to be Connor bedard and everybody else is an accessory to Connor bedard from this point forward do you want to go through that or do you want to go to a proven cup contender in the colorado avalanche and help out Nathan McKinnon have those guys with you proven commodities and or do you want to be part of the um, sideshow? Well like I don't at I 28 see where you're going with that, but I think he would be more of you know I think he would have the the, the not the title, but people would look at him more and I don't want to say a sideshow, but I would look at him as like a complimentary piece on a team like the Avalanche than a team like Chicago where he yeah he's not gonna be all eyes are gonna be on Bedard yeah and and he could just sit there hey I I just I got my millions nobody's expecting anything of me <laughs> well they are but not to the the level of what they are for Bedard and we're we're not expected to do anything for maybe another couple of years I can sit back cash in here just you know I can still play my game put up good numbers but nobody's expecting me of any anything of me right now. Or you go to the Colorado Avalanche, a lot more is expected of you. And you, I mean, this the, the part that can be true for both is you just have to be there because all, all the focus is going to be on other people. Yeah. It's going to be on Bedard, right? And that, that's the singular guy that it's going to be on. Where the Avalanche, you have a list of guys still under contract that the, the, the eyes are going to be on them. So we'll see. We'll see where he wants to go. I just feel like he kind of wants to, to stay where he's at um you organize this by points obviously timo meyer rises to the top he's gonna get a, a sizable increase um i always like he is just a massive hockey player yeah he, you know he's six foot one but he just looks taller than that because he's 220 pounds the guy is just a, a beast <laughs> So uh, you can kind of probably, you know, move away from guys like him. Um, second on this list in terms of points, made $3 million last year, Max Domi, 56 points in 80 games. I don't, I don't know if he's the avalanche style of guy. Like he can, he can 
play he plays hard and and he can score that you know what, what did i say he had uh 56 points in 80 games uh the defense is where he's lacking yeah he i was, I was play about... defense that well and you have to on a jared bednar team i was about to say max domi you said he's not the avalanche style i don't think he's anybody's style what is this <laughs> max domi's ninth team uh, i was gonna say he's arizona style but they didn't even want him so. yeah it's he's 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 lugging up the tickets yeah. where he's been going i don't i don't think colorado would welcome his style of play so. i think it'd be more of a deficit than an addition i think the only like and i think he'll get signed relatively quickly i think there's somebody out there that wants him um i think the only way the avalanche really go for him is if for whatever reason nobody signs him and he's one of those guys just lingering around and the abs need to fill a spot and they kind of go that route uh michael bunting is next on this list he made nine hundred fifty thousand dollars. he's probably going to get an increase will it be with toronto um I, I I don't want anything to do with Michael Bunting, if you ask me. And I don't want anything to do with anything in Toronto. You don't know whose name's on the checks. <laughs> um, going down the list, uh, Jason Zucker, who's uh, 5.5 million, had 48 points in 78 games. Um, Tomas Tatar, same thing, 48 points in 82 games. And then you hit Evan Rodriguez, 39 points in 69 games at, at 2 million. I, I would love to see the Az keep him around. Yes. I would love it. Um, the next one on that list is the guy that I, I've mentioned a few times, and I would love to bring him in, and that's Connor Sherry. Yeah. 1.5 million last year. He only had 37 points in 82 games, but that dude's work ethic is pretty much unmatched, I would say. And uh, he uh, he feels he, like an avalanche player. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I reached out to Beth, who's the, uh, the, uh, or is it? No, is it Beth? Who's, who's the, uh, Capitals fan? Oh, that's, that's, uh, uh no, that's Lisa. Lisa, Lisa. Sorry. And, uh, she, she spoke glowing of him and I was like, well, what are the chances that he's going back to, to the Capitals? And she's like, I think they want to keep him, but it's not guaranteed. So uh, I, I would absolutely welcome him with open arms. I think that is someone that he he's got avalanche ability all over him. So, and one more name on that on that list, Miles Wood from New Jersey is also up there. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit more pricey. He's three point two last year, mm-hmm. but he's worth it. And on the Avalanche would be Nachushkin like mm-hmm. in his production and what he can bring. Love Miles Wood. Would love to see him in Colorado Avalanche colors, but what about I'm, that enough? I it would be nice, but I do, I mean, he made five million last year, and he had thirty three points in seventy three games. Twenty six of those points were assists. Yeah. So I don't like. I like his game. Um. Is that a $5 million number? No, not to me. No, Um, especially when money's tight for the Avalanche. That's why you're throwing out like the names that we have been up to this point because they they come at a cheaper hit, higher upside, and a little bit more points. Let me see what he had in previous years in terms of uh, points. Um, Career in the regular season. Um, Hmm. I mean, okay, so that so he had 43 with Vegas in 21 22. 
So that's his no, and he had 70 with Florida in 1819, then 65. So he's he started his career pretty good with Florida and then kind of tailed off. He had that little stint with Ottawa, um, and then Vegas, okay numbers, and then he's kind of taking a look. So where he started to where he's been, it's been a decrease. So what's the number for him gonna be? Because I don't think it's five million right no, now. No, it has to be discounted. And that could be someone that you maybe scoop up for a little bit less, and maybe you can get something out of him that he that he gave you early in his career. But I don't know. That's a chance. That that yeah. that's a risk. That's a risk. And, but with all the names we've listed up to Dadnoff, like mm-hmm. you could take less of a risk, and you know exactly what you're getting. It's almost like a a purchase at the store. You know exactly what you're getting with this price. You're going to be fine. If the Avalanche find themselves having to gamble with guys like Dadnoff, you know things have gone terribly wrong when it comes yeah. to free agency. Mm. I don't know. I, I, I Sometimes I like guys like that, though. That just, you know, people have kind of given up on, not given up on, but just saying like, oh, he's never going to be what he, what he once was. Maybe that's true. You know, but you never know guys like that. Maybe they just need another change of scenery, and he's had a few so far. Yeah. So uh, we'll have to see about him, but, um, and kind of just to wrap it up, I know we're going a little bit long, but there's just, so we're saying there's a lot of left wingers that you can pick from. You have JVR who's uh, tops on this list in terms of money from last year. But again, is he $7 million? You know, are you going to recreate that contract? I don't know. I mean, he's 35. He's going to be, well, he's 34 years old, you know, 29 points to 61 games. That could be a complimentary piece, maybe. I mean, he, his days of top six forwards are probably gone. Um, and Tyler Bertuzzi is on there. Where does he go? Yeah. Uh, I know the name Bertuzzi and Avalanche fans is not a connection that they want, but I don't know. Man. Like, I, I'm not going to just you know i i couldn't see that on the back of an avalanche imagine that. I, imagine that it just makes my skin crawl just it, thinking about it, it would be weird to say the least but um hey i i would i think the abs maybe take a look at him and see what the number can be and again that's with erod cogliano and nieto still floating out there yeah um so there's a lot there's a lot there for left wingers and uh maybe the avalanche dip into the free agency pool more so on the left wing side and uh, maybe move guys around left wing, right wing. We'll see how they do it. Uh, All right. So that's that comment away in the comment section. I know when we talk about free agents, there's always some out there that people love and want to focus on. So like Avalanche should go after this guy. Who is that for you? Comment in. uh, I know the YouTubers are probably going to go crazy with this one. So. Go for it. All right. Let us hear from game time. And then we are going to talk about Mr. Brad Hunt and his season grade. Uh, So if you're buying tickets to your favorite event, it should not be stressful. Game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're about to have. And what are some of the things that we love about the Game Time app? They have the flash deals on last minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. The images of the seat views, which is the uh, favorite thing that Kyle and I like, that is exp- it's, it's clutch. Clutch. Mm-hmm. To know exactly where you're see- seeing from. 
uh, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, and even job loss protection. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. So again, create the account and redeem the code Locked On NHL, and you get twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, time for Brad Hunt and his season grade. So if you are watching on YouTube, we're going to throw it up on the stream right now. And if you're not watching and you're listening to your car at home, uh, we'll read them off to you. So on social media, this is the first one where social media was at odds. Up until now, they've all agreed. Um, But YouTube, 57% said C. Twitter, 45% said C. And Instagram, 46% said B. B for Brad. So, mm. um, And you see our grades there. I went with a flat C as well, as did Kyle. So what do you got for Brad Hunt this year? Flat C, yeah. absolutely. Um, I know we can kind of get lost in the memory of, oh, the Brad Hunt slap shot and Brad Hunt this and that, but... <laughs> It's impressive. 10 points is not that impressive. Um, right. And you're wearing Tyson Joe's number. Um, <laughs> no, it's you. 10 again, points and the number 17 kind of like goes that, hand in hand. <laughs> it tracks. It tracks. And he played 47 games, no fault mm-hmm. to him. But you honestly will say this a lot with a lot of these grades, there was opportunities for everybody to step up and for you to only contribute 10 points. Granted, you're not not, game though. It's not his game, but it's, you could, you could be a helper. Like you could facilitate a little bit more. Granted your time on ice is not incredible. Like you're not out there eating minutes. I mean, you're Brad hunt, you know, your role, you do what you're supposed to. You're not, you're, this is not a bad C grade. This is a flat C, like it's passable. Mm-hmm. It's a passable. It, you weren't a liability. You weren't a pylon. You didn't wow us. You did okay. Yeah, I think this is. You know, he was called on a lot more than I think a lot of people expected him to be. Right, yep. and um, and and when he came in. He did what he needed to do, and and the game moved forward, right? Like he, he was, he's never, he's not there to take games over. He knows no. his role at this stage in his career, um, and I think he did it well. But he didn't go above and beyond, and like you said, he was never really a, a liability out there. He did his job. He he's a defenseman. He's not out. But you say I was gonna say he's not out there to wow you with his offensive ability but he did a couple times he did like he unleashed a slap shot that was like dude where did that come from and if that was on display more maybe you wouldn't be this journeyman that you you, your career has turned into and there was a time where the abs had to put him on waivers a little bit later in the season and it could have they could have picked him up somebody could have picked him up obviously but I think a lot of Avalanche fans were hoping, like, I hope he makes it through. Yeah. I hope he makes it through. Go back down to the Eagles. And then if we ever need him again, you're comfortable. Yeah. And 
and going back to the Brad Hunt slap shot real quick, like, yes, he went through waivers and yes, he was a member of the avalanche and he brought that Brad Hunt slap shot. But the thing about that slap shot, it felt like it not only surprised us as fans, but it looked like it surprised him every time. Like he was not expecting (laughs) like that power to come out of that slap shot. And you just like, we mentioned like he's not a liability. You saw that with Jack Johnson's first run when he would give up those terrible turnovers or he would miss an assignment. You never mm-hmm. had that out of Brad Hunt, but he would never, you know, turn a play around. He would never make that play. He would do exactly what you want. It's almost like having the computers turned on when you're playing NHL 23. That's <laughs> that's kind of what Brad Hunt was. He was the AI player. And you just you wanted to see a little bit more step up, but honestly, we're in the yeah, offseason. And there's, uh, yeah. they haven't awarded the cup yet, so everybody should have stepped up a little I more. I, yeah, I mean, I think you're maybe expecting a little bit too much from someone that's not – he gave you exactly what you expected him to give you, right? Um, and, like, his defensive numbers, nothing jumps out at you. But I'm not expecting anything to jump out at me for him. You know, it's just – he's he is, you know, the, the definition of a C player. That's not bad. And that's not great. He's yeah. just he, – he does his job. He does his job, and I think he does it pretty well, at least for this last year. So I think it's a a flat C pretty much across the board. I'm, 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 that's – well, you can see the Instagram is 46%. Um, so that wasn't – you know, it didn't even reach the 50% threshold. So that was close. It was 46% B, 45% was C on, um, on Instagram. A Brad Hunt Instagram page. Isn't he from Nova Scotia? Isn't that an Allen thing too? It could be. <laughs> is is this is this all Allen's doing? We're gonna have to research <clears throat> this. Yeah. Um couple comments on uh YouTube. I, uh Peter on uh Instagram said Brad Hunt crushed it for the abs, A plus all day. I don't know if he's serious about that, or I mean he did get 10% A's on Twitter. That's uh, Peter. Maybe, I don't get it. Um, and then Jordan says, Hunt gets a B from me. Of course, he got more ice time than expected due to injuries. But he did all you could ask for in a depth call-up uh, from the minors. Made the most of his opportunities and scored some crucial goals in some in some games. It's a good point. I mean, you, you could you could bump him up to a B because he was called upon more than you expected it's him true. to. That's true. So I, I, I don't – I'm not against that. I'm not against that, that way of uh, thinking for him. So there you go. Brad Hunt, uh, what do we have? Let me, let me bring up who's next. Uh, I, I, I always should you have always, this ready, and I never do. You always, and, and then you make me think yes. of like the yeah. roster in my yeah. head, which is also an impossible Ooh. task when it comes to injuries. Hey, so uh, alphabetically, we have J. And there's only two J's on the team. This would be Eric. There's EJ and and well Jack Johnson, but I don't know if we're gonna do Jack Johnson, but Eric Johnson is next. This one will be fun. How many games? How many games played did he have this year for the Avs? I don't know. Uh he had to play at least half. Oh, the season. I went to Jack. I didn't mean to hit Jack. Where's Eric? Eric had 63. Yeah. More than half. And he so came back that, from that leg injury a lot quicker than anybody anticipated. Yeah. So and uh, and we usually do these on Monday, was a Friday. I couldn't record yesterday, so that will be up uh, Wednesday, Tuesday morning. 
you'll be uh, you can vote on that one. All right. So there it is. Brad Hunt's grave. All right. Last thing we wanted to get to was uh, kind of talk about where the, the playoffs are right now. And as we're recording this, uh, there there is a game going on between Florida and Carolina. What is that score? Florida has a one to nothing lead at the second intermission as we are recording this. So I don't know where that game is going to end. You'll know by the time you're listening to this. Maybe it goes into overtime because that seems to be where a lot of these games have been going. And like I said in the beginning, anytime that happens, not anytime an overtime happens, anytime there's an overtime with, we'll say three, if that's double overtime, you don't hear it too much. But if there's three and beyond, you always hear it. Does the NHL need to change anything with their overtime when it comes to the playoffs instead of just continuing to play 20 minute periods? Should anything be done? I'll throw it to you. I kind of, I'm a big hockey historian. You know, I love the, I love the game and the history behind it, but I do think in the playoffs, that is something that needs to be addressed, but then you also lose it because you don't want your playoff games to come down to a shootout. That's new. Yeah. It's so what do you do in this instance? I'll tell you not a thing. Mm. leave it alone this is the 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 like the purity of the game i totally get needing to do it in in uh the regular season you can't have those games going for overtimes for many reasons um but in the playoffs no like you you can't you can't uh, don't change anything and if you're only changing it for the people who are like getting upset that it's going late in the day i understand that argument but they should not be changing it, and we're fans, but they shouldn't be changing it for the fans. It needs to be f- fought out and figured out on the ice in a regulation style of format for the playoffs. No, I, I cannot stand that soccer. Mm. And, I, and I don't like soccer. I can't, I can't watch it. But the, the, the most watched sporting event every four years was decided by penalty kicks and, and, and the easiest maybe penalty kick you can, you can do. Maybe one of the easiest things in any sport is a soccer penalty kick. If you ask me, like you can't stop those. So to have it come down to that completely takes me out of it, completely takes me out of it. And in baseball, you don't, you know, you have extra innings that go forever until a team scores a run. And we all know those then basketball it's technically the same in basketball it's tougher to tie continuously but it's the same in basketball you play until there is a winner and if there's tie scores you keep going with with hockey it's tougher to score so sometimes you get this but i love it i I, and and i didn't stay i couldn't stay up for that four overtime game but i didn't go to bed saying they should change something about this i went to bed saying like i absolutely love this and uh you know if if I didn't have kids and have to get up in the morning. I would stay up and watch this thing. I love it. Don't change a thing. Yeah, I mean, and it, and I won't let you besmirch the game of soccer. I'm a two-time champion, two-time MVP. So no, I'm not going to besmirch <laughs> it. I'm just going to, but I smirch it. I yeah, you don't want to see hockey playoff games go down to a shootout because then no. it gets gimmicky, and you don't want to get to this stage like the Western and Eastern Conference Finals and to be decided by a shootout. But you, of course, when Avalanche fans look at it, you're like, oh, the injuries. 
the wear and tear on the body. They're going to be depleted when they go to the Stanley Cup. Well, look, both sides, east and west, everybody's going to overtime. It's the yeah. cool thing to do. So <laughs> you just you kind of write it out, and it's more an exception than the rule that they go three overtimes, four overtimes to infinity and beyond. Right. You can have the Vegas and Dallas overtime from just the other night that only lasted a minute into overtime, and that game right. was put away. So well, even the, even the second uh, Panthers one that only went like a minute and a half. Yep. Uh, and so you're, you're, and I think, Kachuk, well, he scored the overtime in both of them, but the first game Kachuk scored it. I think it was like 19 seconds left in the fourth overtime. So that was seconds away from going to the fifth overtime. And then, you know, the next one is a minute and a half in. So it doesn't happen all that much where it does go four or five. Uh, but when it does, I, I looked at, at, at that as like, that's something to talk about. Yeah. And if and that's another reason why you shouldn't change it because, you know, the whole uh, no press is bad press mantra. You know, it, you have the the ESPNs of the world always talking about this, but they are talking about this. So you have heard of me. Change, yes, Jack exactly, <laughs> exactly. So don't change it because every time it happens, you're brought up in the media, and then people are going to go watch it. I'm sorry, people will watch that. People are not going to say I'm staying away from that. People will tune in. If you ask, I just feel like people will tune in when you bring that up and say, like, wow, this game went four or five hours long. They know it doesn't happen all the time. So they might tune in to see if, you know, just to watch a little bit of it. If another game's going to go in overtime, they might tune in because it, it, and then and then they'll see the excitement of what those overtimes bring you. Every move is watched. Every shot you're hanging on the edge of your seat and you get viewers watching that way. And, and it, it, it's, it's what makes the, the game great. And then you on get that. your tickets on game time and then you get two games for the price of one. Right. It's magical. Plus an extra period. Plus yeah. an extra period. I love it. Gotta love it. So that's where we stand again, comment away. Uh, I think most people would agree with us here, but I'm sure there's some other people who are like, you got to shorten these games somehow, but I don't know how you do it, especially in the playoffs. I, I don't know how you do it. Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> I just do that. <laughs> you don't know. If, if it goes into the fifth overtime, whoever wins the opening faceoff wins the game. That's Avalanche it. would never win a game we, with the playoffs. No, ever. Never. Uh, all right. That's going to wrap it up, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, tomorrow we're, we'll be talking. We'll go to the defensive side of things for these UFAs and talk about that. Uh, I don't bring any of those guys in. We shall see. Until then, he's Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli, and this is the Locked on Avalanche podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go. Go.